Hello, this is Lorenzo Della Foresta, and I'm the lead pastor at River's Edge. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for joining us. I hope this talk inspires you, encourages you, and transforms you. Today is the continuation of a spiritual conversation that has been taking place between you and Jesus. I'm certain that you'll be blessed by His Word, and I believe that God has great things in store for you because you already belong. Enjoy the message. We are going to be talking about what keeps you wandering. And I like the idea of wandering and not being lost. I think that we all like the idea of just being able to take life as it comes, um, to have that kind of not only financial freedom, but just to have that stress-free life that we can just, just, just do what we want, get up every day, be where we want, not where we have to be, uh, not where we don't want to be, not places where people are telling us to be. And I think that that sense is always so powerful um, in all of us. It doesn't matter what stage of life we're in. I, I think we discovered that really, really early in life. Um, my earliest memories as a child are, I think, just disobeying my parents uh, just because of the consequences that would follow. Uh, the, right from the beginning, there's someone telling us uh, what's a yes and what's a no. It's like the things you want to do, the places you want to explore, the things you want to put in your mouth, those are things are all wrong. <laughs> The things you want to touch, the things you want to eat, they could all kill you. There's, there's something about that that you just always are just aggressively against. And as you get older, you just can't wait to have your independence. And then when you have your independence, you realize that um, it's not everything that you had hoped it would be. Because that independence is really something that is always tied to something. It's anchoring you to something for you to be able to keep working towards what you envision and imagine is greater independence. And at some point in your life, you start to realize that, that everything that we're looking for that gives us freedom, which is external, is really something that can only be found internally. That that internal freedom is what releases you and frees you up to live your life in a way that you could never have figured out no matter how much independence you had, no matter how much freedom you were given, no matter how much freedom you also gained for yourself. I want to understand why it is we complain as much as we do. I don't know about you, but I've always been fascinated by complaints. I think when someone is complaining, they're, they're expressing so much more than the actual thing they're complaining about. I think I've understood that a long time ago, but now when I listen to people complain, I know that what they're complaining about isn't what they're complaining about. I know that now. I know that, that it's a deeper issue. There's something else that's driving that. But the only thing that they feel that they can do something about is the very thing that they feel that maybe they could do without. And sometimes the very thing that we want to do without is the very thing that God wants us to keep doing. And that's the challenge that all of us have. And, and when we complain, we feel that there is a, a significant gap between um, our expectations and our reality. 
I always tell people when they're in a relationship, just be aware of what your expectations are. Because you tend to date your expectations, not the person. And, and often when I see people and, and I, I'm preparing them for marriage, I say, how is it in terms of your expectations? What are you expecting out of your marriage? Because when you walk down that aisle, here's what I know. You're walking down with expectations. And if that person doesn't meet those expectations, here's what's going to happen. Your marriage is not going to last. And it's the same thing with God. You see, our relationship with God is very much like a, a bride and groom relationship. And, and God calls us his bride. And he says that when we enter into a relationship with God, that we all have come to him expecting. We have expectations about what that relationship is going to be like. And, and when God doesn't meet those expectations, it's the gap between our expectations and the reality becomes the land in between, which becomes the place where we complain. And what people have understood is that we don't expect things to change, and because things don't change, we complain. And we keep complaining because things aren't changing. But the one that God is wanting to change all along is us. It's me. It's you. And, and he's using that time of transition to bring about that change. And, and if you don't understand that in times of transition, God is bringing about change, then you will fall into the trap of complaint. And every day, you're going to keep complaining, and every day, your reality is never going to match your expectations, and every day, your relationship with God is going to suffer because of the fact that you are just not seeing the Lord show up in your life the way that you need Him to. But what we have to move towards if we're going to see change in this area of complaining is that God does his deepest work in our lives in this period. The deepest work. The, the work that lasts. The work that, that changes and transforms you. The work that happens that is most essential is in the transitions of our life. You had a loved one with you. That person has died. You were in a transition. In this moment of your life, you can easily complain and be bitter and, and just be hurt by the tragedy of the loss. But what God is saying is that, do you understand that even though this has come to an end in the way that you envisioned it, that I can still do something powerfully new from this moment on? That in this transition, I can accomplish my greatest transformation in your life. And, and there are many things that come to an end. And there's this idea that when things come to an end, that the only thing that we can do is just grieve. But, but in those moments, what God teaches us is that 
it's not just a moment for grief. It's an opportunity for greatness. God is able to take every moment of grief in our life and turn it into something great. That's who he is. That's what he does. That's how he brings about transformation. And so ask yourself this question. You know, is complaint a frequent visitor in my mind? Is complaint a frequent visitor in my life to the point where no matter what happens, I will find myself exercising my freedom of complaint? And if the answer is yes, then you know that there's work that needs to be done. If your go-to thing is complaining about it, then you know that complaint isn't just a frequent visitor. Complaint has moved in. And what God is saying, hey, um, there's a problem. The problem is that this frequent visitor now is just taking up residence in your life. It's, it's not moving out anymore. It's not that every once in a while your mind would have something to complain about and there'd be something to complain about, that there'd be something that you'd be disappointed by and there'd be an expectation that you had that wasn't met and it didn't match up to the reality of what you had envisioned for yourself. But, but, but all of a sudden now, complaint has actually just moved in. It, it's just always with you. It's like the moment you go to bed and the moment that you wake up, you just, you just always have this spirit of complaint with you all day long. And, and you can't even see the good things anymore. You don't even know what it sounds like or looks like to be grateful anymore. You don't even know how to walk around with a smile on your face. You don't even know what it looks like to have joy. You don't even know what it looks like to, to be a person of hope. Not only for yourself, but for those around you. And, and, and so we know that this can happen when, when complaint is a frequent visitor, complaint eventually moves in. And, and what God wants you to get to is, is to this place. He wants you to get to the place where you recognize and identify and you declare over yourself and over your day and over your week and over every week that will follow that in my life there is no room for complaint. There is no room for it. And I know that it's hard. I know that it seems like an impossibility, especially when we don't see things change when we don't see things improve, when things haven't gotten better, we, we look at the Lord and we say, how could I possibly be this positive? How could I possibly be this person? Well, I want you to understand that when the people of Israel were leaving Egypt, they were leaving a fertile land. They had everything there, and they had it in abundance. And even though they were enslaved, they still had a lush landscape that provided 
a variety of foods that they got to enjoy each and every day. And so when they left Egypt, even though they were slaves, you can imagine that they were leaving some place that was fertile. But they were also going to a place that God said was going to be even more fertile. He was going to bless it to such a degree, to such a measure, that he described it as a place that actually flowed with milk and honey. That there was so much there and in abundance for them that even though what they left was fertile, what he was moving them towards was even more fertile. And it's hard for us because when we live in the land that's in between, when we are living in the transitions in this road of life, the only thing we're accustomed to doing is looking back. Because we can't imagine that what's in front of us could possibly be better. But when you understand who God is, and you understand the the scriptures and what they teach, what he promises is that what you leave behind is nothing compared to the glory that is in front of you. And so even when you're in that transition of having left a place, moving towards a new place, God is saying, I am going to give you more in the new place than you ever had in the old place. And and so the way you cast out complaint is making sure that what you cast into yourself is God's vision. See, I can't cast a vision that is greater than God's. God's vision is greater than anything that I can ever think or imagine. No matter what I ask for, no matter how big and audacious I think my ask is, it can't be bigger than anything that God already has planned and stored for my life. And so I want to cast the vision that God has for my life in the moments of my transition. So when I am in the land between, I cast a vision that God has already declared that casts out all complaint. And what God does is that he shows us this by reminding us how we live when we are in transition. And when we are in moments of transition, and there are many that we can face, many that we can encounter, so many that can happen in the various seasons of our life, Even when we think things are finally good, they're settled, they're they're strong, they're solid, you know? All of a sudden, something happens, an external circumstance that just disrupts it all. A foolish mistake, a bad investment, a mediocre choice that has devastating consequences. What seemed like an insignificant opportunity turns out to be one that now that we've missed it, we realize the magnitude of it. And then we find ourselves now in this land in between. We're in this transition. And we say to ourselves, how could this have happened? How could I have allowed this? How could God not have prevented this from occurring in my life? And, and, and we, we just begin to complain again. 
And, and the very thing that we thought we had cast out is becoming a frequent visitor again. And it's trying to move its way back in. And what God is saying is, I want you to understand that this is how it starts. But how it ends can be far worse if you don't manage this transition well. And so what God does is that he shares these wonderful principles with us in his scriptures. And um, are you guys familiar with um, the word manna? And so manna is this food that God had to give the Israelites because they were wandering in the desert because having left Egypt and making their way to the promised land which should have been a three-year journey was taking years and they were running out of resources and they were running out of variety of what to eat and so what God did is that he provided a sustenance for them that was like a resin that came from trees. It was like something that still had to be manipulated by them, but it could be turned into kind of like a flat bread, and they were able to eat that. And, and, and the word manna itself, do you know what it means? What is it? And, and, and sometimes we don't realize, but God's provision is like manna. It's like, what is it? In the land between, no matter what God provides, it's just like, what is this? And no matter what he's giving us and feeding us and, and keeping us alive with and, and giving us in the most difficult moments of our life, our, our answer is still, what is this? You, you see, even when God is answering prayer, we're saying, what is it? Even when God is coming through for us, we're saying, well, what is it? Even when God is helping us, sustaining us, protecting us, providing for us, we're saying, what is it? You see, manna is the complaint. It, it was supposed to be the provision, but it became the complaint. And, and in our minds, when God is providing, and this is the thing, God is always providing in the transitions of our life. But what we're seeing is, what is it? We're just complaining. And then we wonder, why are we wandering? Could it be because we haven't stopped complaining? Could it be that what God had planned as a three-day journey has now turned into years? And while our problem continues to be with God, the problem actually continues to be within us. I know that's hard. It's heavy. Believe me, it was heavy for me too when I was writing this stuff. 
Because in the same way that God's been speaking to me, I, I believe that he's been speaking to us about where he wants to take us. And I don't know about you, but I'm done looking back. I, I am only interested in, in moving forward. And, and this land of transition that I'm in, I want this to be as brief as possible. And I don't want to contribute to its length. I don't want to be the reason why I have to stay here longer than I need to. And, and if it's because of the spirit of complaint that has somehow become a frequent visitor and now has moved in, I command that spirit of complaint to be cast out of all of us in Jesus' name. Amen. And, I, and I need you to do that over your own life. The moment it comes over you, you say, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. I resist you in Jesus' name. I run from you in Jesus' name. I will not complain. I will instead believe in the compassion of my God, in the clarity and the power of his vision. I will believe in the plan that he has for me, that what is before me is greater than anything that I have left behind. I will not be covered by a spirit of complaint. I will be covered only by the blood of Jesus Christ. And it will lead me forward into the promises that he has made for my life that he has made for your life. You see, it is so easy for us to fall into that trap. You know, in, in the book of Numbers, in chapter 11, it's just a couple of verses, but just look at it. In, in verse 4 to 6, it says, the foreign rabble we were traveling with the Israelites began to crave the good things of Egypt. It was looking back. And they were tired of the, what is it, the manna. And then the people of Israel, they began to complain. And they said, oh, for some meat, they exclaimed. They began to yearn the things that they used to have. We remember the fish that we ate. We used to eat for free in Egypt. We had all the cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, and the garlic we wanted. But now we have lost our appetite. We never see anything but this manna. You see, when you despise the moment that you're in, you nullify the power of God in the moment that you're living. You see, when you complain about where you are, you're essentially saying you don't trust God for where you need to be, for where you want to be, for where you must be. And God wants to just change that. He wants to, us to, to nullify those effects, and he, he wants us to, to get out of that condition. We, we aren't just complaining about our condition, because what they were able to do was, was point out the menu that was different from then versus now. And, and it's easy for us to do that comparison. I, I can, at so many points in my life, look back and, and talk about how those moments were greater for different reasons. I think you can too. 
But at a certain point, you have to believe that the moments that are in front of you are just greater. And you have to stop complaining about the condition. Because if you keep complaining about the condition, here's what's happening. You're actually complaining about God. You see, the, the sin isn't just complaining. The sin is complaining against God. It, it, it's, it's bigger than that. See, every time the people complained about their condition, they were actually complaining about the God who led them out of Egypt. You see, when I'm on a journey with God, I have to understand that this journey is going to have its detours. It's going to have its challenges. It's going to be a lot of obstacles. This road that I'm on, it's not going to be always a straight line to where I came from to where I need to be. And so I have to understand that in the process of God allowing this land in between, leaving one place and heading towards another, that in that land of where it is easy for me to complain, it is also an opportunity for me to command faith that God is with me, that he has not left me for a moment, that no matter what is in front of me, we will overcome it. I will overtake it. I will not be overcome or overtaken by it because the Lord that I'm traveling with is greater than anything that I'm living or experiencing in this moment of transition. And I will let God move me out of this season, out of this place. I will let him take away that complaint so that he can command my future again. And I know that God wants us to stop thinking that there was a moment in our lives when we were better off without him. Because the Israelites actually said this, and they believed it. And, and, and I know that there's been moments in my spiritual journey where I, I foolishly thought that my life was, was easier and better without God. Anybody else make that mistake? I guess you're all still there making it. <laughs> yeah, it's okay, maybe. Yeah, maybe, no. You see, all of us at some point just felt our life would be easier, better, richer. Let me ask you something. Then why don't you have peace of mind? Let me ask you something. Where's your joy? Where is your confidence and your courage to face what's in front of you even though you know it's beyond you, you know that God's got this no matter what because he's got you and the thing that is coming against you. You see, when you understand these things, you, you understand what it looks like for you to put aside the complaining and, and to put your confidence in God once again. I, I know we've made this mistake of saying things like, I was better off without you, God. But we hopefully have come back to a place where we understand that that isn't true. You see, we realized that, that complaining was dangerous and it brought us to this place. It, it didn't just get me complaining about what I was going through. It got me complaining about God. And it got me to the place where I wasn't just complaining anymore. I was actually believing that I'd be better off without God. 
And, and that's, that's what happens when we don't allow the transitions of this life to work deeply and powerfully the way that they need to in us. Because here's what happens when we trust God. Trusting God evicts complaint. It casts us out. It casts out the complaint. And if, and if you're looking at your life and you're saying, God, what do I need to do to stop complaining? The answer is always trust God. The answer is put your faith in God. Believe that he is greater than anything that you're going through. Realize that not only is it dangerous because the Bible says this in, in 1 Corinthians 9, 24. Do, not, do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one person gets the prize? So here's how you run. You run in a manner that you get the prize. And, and the way we get the prize is, is by not complaining. The way we get out of that land in between, the way that we get out of this place of transition is when we do that. The, the Bible then says, remember that God knows what he's doing. In Genesis 50, 20, it says, you intended to harm me, Joseph says, to his brothers. Because imagine how long his transition was. He had to live his entire life in Egypt, in a place he didn't want to be. And then he says, but God intended it for good. To accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. You see, he was able to stop complaining. And because he was able to stop complaining, you know what he did next? He started forgiving. You see, you can't forgive if you're still stuck in the complaining stage. And a lot of people say, how come I, I just can't let this go? It's because you're still complaining about it. You can't let it go until you stop complaining. Complaint has to be evicted. Trust has to be returned back to God. You have to stop trying to control the situation, and you have to start letting God control everything, including you. And what that looks like is more freedom that you could ever try to achieve on your own by holding on to a lack of forgiveness, not letting things go. And Joseph finally understood it. And when he did, he was free. And God wants you to be free of complaint. He wants you to be free. He wants you to experience that. You know, when we put away past complaints, the scriptures also tell us that if we don't, it just becomes bitterness. And in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 19, it says, this is how you overcome bitterness. This is how you overcome complaining. Offer hospitality to one another without complaining. Offer hospitality without grumbling. See, see the, the more you sometimes offer and someone just doesn't offer in return, that can trigger a response of complaint. So, so God says the answer is to keep being hospitable. I hate that answer. I don't know about you. I thought the answer would be just walk away from the loser, you know? Why can't that be written in the scriptures? <laughs> Why can't you be that clear? <laughs> just so I don't have any responsibility in this. But God says, no, the way that you are free from complaining is actually 
by serving more. Serve more, be more hospitable, give more, and that frees you from complaining. You see, God shows us what we need to do to cast out complaint. It's not enough to just say, Jesus, I cast it out. But there's things that I've got to do to see it cast out, evicted, so that it could never take residence in my life again. Here's the last one. You put away a lack of gratitude. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, it says, you keep on giving thanks in all things. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Jesus Christ. Can we say amen to that? Amen. Give thanks in all circumstances. In all circumstances. Whatever happens, Lord, I give you praise. Lord, I give you glory. I give you honor. I know you're still with me. I know you haven't left me. I know that this is a tough place, a tough season. It's a tough moment. Lord, I'm breaking under the pressure. You know I'm weak in my mind. I'm weak in my words. You know I'm weak in my actions. You know that I'm being overtaken, overwhelmed. But Lord, in Jesus' name, I praise you nonetheless. I know that when I praise you, you will come with power. You will come with the strength and the courage that I need. I know you will give me the victory over this moment and everything that is coming against me. You see, when we do those things in the moments, in the transitions of our life, we don't have any room for complaining because our hearts are filled with praise and worship towards the Lord. You see, the more we praise, the more we worship, there's no room for complaint to settle in. And so every time I start complaining, I say, God, I'm going to stop that by worshiping you. I'm going to stop complaining by praising you. I'm going to stop believing that this is my outcome. I know you've got something greater in store for me. This is just a land in between. I'm leaving one fertile place for another, God. And where I'm going, it's better than anything that I ever imagined. And that's where I'm going with you. God bless you guys. Thank you so much. So, Father, we, we just turn our attention to you. And at the end of what we've heard and the promises that you've given and the word that you've spoken, I pray, Lord, that we would just receive it, believe in it, and trust you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the River's Edge podcast. I encourage you to take the message you have just received and allow it to go deeply into your soul. Let Jesus do the work that only He can do. A heartfelt thank you to all those that generously give to River's Edge and make this podcast possible. You too can be a part of spreading this message and creating life change all over the world by going to riversedge.life. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast. Thanks again for listening, and God bless you immensely.